The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will be shepherd, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the gospel of the Lord. You live long enough and you live to see things change that you don't want to change. You experience unhappy change, unwelcome change. Sometimes big, sometimes small. I bet all of us here have at one time or another gone to our favorite restaurant. Maybe it's under new ownership, maybe not. Maybe they just got a new cook. And they changed our favorite dish. The thing we always like to order, the thing we always like to eat is different, and we don't like it. Even worse sometimes, they change the layout of something that we really enjoy and are really used to, the order of stuff in a store. Well, now the bacon's not back there, it's up front, and the milk is over here and I got to get used to it. And I know a lot of farmers that like to buy the same work pants year after year, the same brand, and if they change one little thing, by golly, they're not happy about it. Even sometimes that change could bring better quality. It is actually an objective improvement, but you don't like it. Why don't you like it? It's because it's not what you know. It's not what you're comfortable with. Human beings, we are creatures of habit. We like to get used to the way things are and do them again and again. Routine gives us a sense of order in lives. It gives us a sense of security. But of course, like any other good thing or indifferent thing, it itself can become an idol. And that's the frame I want you to have this morning as we ponder the visitation of the Magi and our Lord's Epiphany. Now, King Herod himself might have been ignorant about basic Old Testament Bible facts, about who the Messiah was, when and where he was going to be coming. But the chief priests and the scribes, they were not ignorant. They knew. They knew who was coming. They knew, when asked, where he was going to come. And what's more, all of their ancestors, all of their fathers, would have known too. The Old Testament Israelites had been waiting for Messiah. They knew the seed of the woman would come, the seed of Abraham. They knew one day God would send a prophet, a priest, and a king to shepherd Israel. But they wouldn't have just known those things as facts. 
known all the data like they passed the confirmation test. No, they wouldn't have even just have believed them. But they themselves, those fathers, would have been excited, looking forward with anticipation to the day that God would deliver on these promises. That would have been the undercurrent, this excitement, this hope of their faith life. It's an excitement that you see manifested in a lot of the people during Jesus' own ministry when he's right there, calling out to him the proper name, Son of David. Calling out to him, Hosanna, Lord, save us. But it's not an excitement, this advent of the Christ, that we see in the city of Jerusalem when the Magi visit with news of why they are there. In fact, if you caught it, it's the exact opposite of excitement. Jerusalem's not excited at all. The Magi ask the question, where is Christ going to be born? They find the response, and it says, after they've asked these questions, Herod was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Now, it's easy for us to understand, to get why Herod himself would be troubled. But for all of Jerusalem... The holy city, the other city of David, it doesn't make sense. The Messiah might be here. The Christ, the anointed one of God. Are they excited? It says they're worried. They're troubled. Troubled with Herod. Now, Matthew doesn't flush out for us, give us the reasons why they're troubled. But between the experience we have in the Gospels, I think we can have several reasonable guesses. Now, maybe Jerusalem was troubled because, well, they knew Herod just well enough and knew his personality and knew how he would react to this news, and so that's why they're troubled. They're just worried that he's going to do something stupid, which we know, of course, that he does. Maybe they were troubled because they were worried about the tenuous political instability that the Messiah being born into Israel at just that time with the Roman occupiers might bring. And maybe, like us, we get a little troubled when things that we're used to change. They were worried that this Messiah coming was going to upset their apple carts. Messiah is good, but Messiah also means change. Change, as we later see, as happens certainly for the religious leaders in Jerusalem. Change in people's business dealings. Change in what they are used to and what they're comfortable with. But all those people that were troubled at the news that the Messiah was coming were short-sighted. They were worrying about perishing things, earthly security, comfort, rather than God. At the news that the king of the Jews had been born, their minds went immediately into defense of them and themselves and their own little kingdoms that they had set up in their lives. Thus, because of this, what should have been the absolute best news for them to receive and to get the privilege of receiving in their own lifetimes came to them as bad news. Jerusalem was troubled. They preferred the comfort and stability of what they knew to the uncertainty of what they didn't. To put it in the language of our catechism, they feared, they loved, and they trusted in the status quo the way things were, that had become for them an idol, a false god that they worshipped. The common thing about idols, you see time and again, 
And the stories in the Bible, and certainly I'd bet in your own lives, is that they always fail to deliver the thing that you they think in the moment that they're going to give you. They never give what you have been promised by them to give or promised by the people selling them to you. Herod's own idol was his throne, his political power and the institution set up around him. Of course it is. We see that time and again throughout history with people. And the worship of that idol by Herod is seen in how quickly he's willing to have his men go to Jerusalem, go to Bethlehem right after this and slaughter all of the baby boys, two years old and younger. But for all that, all of his scheming, did that worship of his own power deliver? No, of course it didn't. He didn't get the Christ. And what's more, eventually, he died and lost his throne the natural way. Jerusalem's idol, well, that was earthly security. And their worship of that earthly security is seen in their very reaction to the news that the Christ had been born. But, of course, it didn't deliver for them either. What eventually happened to Jerusalem? Only about 70 years later, it was itself destroyed, the temple brought down brick by brick, and the things that they wanted to keep forever was lost forever. Idols always fail. They always do. False gods never give you anything. Even if at first they seem to kind of fulfill and scratch the itch, in the end they always, they always disappoint. What doesn't fail is the one thing, the one person, we, shouldn't, we should actually be worshiping instead of those idols, and that is Jesus Christ. The funny thing about Herod's fear is that his throne was not the thing that Jesus was going to be after, as it were. He had needless anxiety. His being upset at this news was pointless. And for Jerusalem, while, well, yes, the apple cart was upset, just like the tables later would be in the temple in Jesus' ministry, it was all for the sake of something that was far greater than the little bits of security that they were grasping so hard onto. Jesus Christ was indeed born into this world as a king, as a ruler. But, as he told Pilate, my kingdom, it's not of this world. It's not of the things of this world. They are familiar words to us, and let's unpack them for a little bit. It's not just that Jesus had no visible throne and borders, but that he and his power, it was above all earthly powers and earthly dominions and kingdoms. And as an earthly king has the power to put in or free from prison, Jesus Christ and his kingdom had the power to free from the prison of death itself. As an earthly king has the power to pardon crime, Jesus Christ in his kingdom has the power to pardon sins. As an earthly king's reign was limited to time and space, Christ's reign is limited to no time and no space. It is indeed forever and everywhere. All this is to say that the king of the Jews, born in Bethlehem, brought things far greater than idols to be clutched and grasped till one's dying breath. The comfort and security of Herod and Jerusalem's life was absolutely nothing. We put it side by side with the comfort and security that Jesus Christ, this babe born in Bethlehem, was bringing into the world. And so we do well now and 
hereafter to learn from their mistakes, don't we? We can enjoy routine and order and things and places and people that do bring us comfort and security, but never at the cost of enjoying, loving, believing in and looking forward to Jesus Christ and his eternal kingdom. Like the Magi, let us seek first and foremost the king of Bethlehem. Let us bring him gifts, not of gold, frankincense, or myrrh, as it were, but of our own penitent hearts and humble thanksgiving that he has brought us into his eternal kingdom forever. Amen.